the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My name is Father Matt, one of the rectors at the table. Today we are preaching in Epiphany the good news of Christ's resurrection. Leslie Newbegin, a missiologist who ministered in India for much of his ministry, is famous for saying, I'm not an optimist or a pessimist. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He said this because the gospel of Jesus Christ, the reality of the resurrection, the availability presently of new creation, is a grace to be received by those who are unqualified, unfruitful, and undeserving. It can be a hard work to receive something this potent, to participate in a power so transformational. Beloved, you, are you aware of your deficiencies today? Anyone been working all night with nothing to show for it? How about a resume filled with embarrassing missteps and mistakes? Resurrection comes to you this morning. Grace ready to enliven you with a faithful determination. Receive the gift of this gospel today. Paul invites us to believe in the resurrection. Without it, he says, our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. What does it mean to believe resurrection? Well, often it means Here's 64 reasons that it has to be true. Or it's, here's the mechanism by which the resurrection fixes things that are wrong. And what, what becomes then is that our faith is not in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Our faith is in the argument for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Or our faith isn't in the resurrection from the dead. It's in the way I explain it. And if I can comprehend it. But friends, the kingdom is available to children. He's hidden these things from the wise. So if we believe in that kind of resurrection from the dead, we haven't yet received the gospel. Today we hear stories of three dudes, Isaiah, Peter, and Paul, who encounter resurrection power, power of forgiveness, and new creation, and empowering commissioning. And it isn't a theological, abstract concept they encounter. It's a coal that purifies. It's a catch that provides. It's a commission that blinds and gives sight. So let's look at these three guys and receive the same gift today. Doesn't that sound audaciously amazing? Isaiah says, my lips are unclean in the presence of God. He's unqualified. I'm ruined, he said. I'm lost. I'm a goner, is what he means. I'm an unclean person in the presence of the most holy. This should end with my destruction. 
Notice that he identifies not only himself as unclean, but as a people with unclean lips. This notion that you and I are atomistic individuals, only complicit and responsible for what we have personally, individually done, is a modern fantasy. What it means to be human is that you are created by a triune God who creates you for community. Notice too, Isaiah is commissioned to speak resurrection to his people. His people. Resurrection starts here, family. Here. There's enough sin in Israel, God thinks, to keep Israel, to keep Isaiah busy for what? There's enough sin here, friends. Here meaning, I don't know, take a pick. Indianapolis, U.S. Christianity, America, keep us busy for a while, at least till Tuesday. <laughs> Isaiah isn't qualified, he's aware of it, yes, but he confesses it. He says, he just claims reality, and he's cleansed and commissioned by a resurrection grace that he receives with a faithful determination. Are you aware of your deficiencies? Or maybe your complicity and how the things that you participate in make you unclean. Receive the grace of the gospel today. Peter, too, has this sense of being impoverished and unfruitful. My nets are empty. My lips are unclean. My nets are empty. Jesus says, oh yeah, you're tired? You, you, you haven't caught anything all night? You're, you're in a profession, fishing, that is uh, at best basically a surf caught up in an empirical system where you, if you don't catch food at night, it's not like you can't buy the new 65-inch 4K TV from your son, but you actually cannot live till next week. So Jesus, knowing this impoverished, unfruitful person, trying to hustle every night to make enough to stay alive, says, can I use your boat? Will you leave that net cleaning? And I know you're tired. Will you leave that net cleaning and will you do me a solid? When you feel like you have nothing to show, for all your work, and even the little you still have is being demanded of you. Does anyone know what that's like? I'll just confess, I'm there. COVID has done me dirty. And then the last thing I needed is three snow bits. Jesus gives Peter one more thing to do. And then another thing. Hey, how about we go pick up those clean nets and make them dirty again? What are you talking about? All I want to do is get some sleep and maybe some food, because if you notice, the nets are empty. But he doesn't. I mean, this is like into your rope, fear and trembling. I don't even know. I don't even know. Are you mocking me? 
into this end of the rope, impoverished, unfruitful place, Peter receives abundant grace. All you can eat perch. Notice he echoes Isaiah. Go away. I'm a sinner. Go away. Holy cow, I'm going to be destroyed. I can't be in proximity to this kind of power. It's going to consume and destroy me. But Jesus says, not only am I not going away, you're coming with me. I'm going to deliver you from your fear. Don't be afraid. And I'm going to commission you with grace for a fruitful vocation. You're going to catch some people. This is what the gospel does, friends. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The reality of the resurrection, the present availability of new creation is a grace to be received by unqualified, unfruitful, undeserving. It can be a hard work to receive something so potent like this. Beloved, are you aware of your deficiencies today? You've been fishing all night with nothing to show for. Did you have three snow days this week? And then you have to get up and come to church on Sunday. <laughs> How about a resume filled with embarrassing mistakes? Resurrection comes to you this morning, Grace, ready to enlighten and quicken you with a faithful determination. Receive the gift of the gospel. So if we've got clean, unclean lips and empty nets, we've got this last guy, Paul, with blood on his hand. I mean, he's not just unclean. He's not just unproductive or unfruitful. He is straight up guilty. He's persecuted the church. Calls himself stillborn or miscarried in this text. He's the least of the apostles. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted Christ's church. I rounded up people who received the gospel. I'm a bad Knows what he says. I am what I am by God's grace. And that empowers me to work harder. There's this misconception that grace is like this uh, take it easy card. We don't see anybody who's received grace in Scripture put their feet up and just listen to Chris Tomlin on the beat. <laughs> put your feet up and listen to Chris Tomlin. Don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> but, but, but Paul says, I worked harder than anyone else so that I didn't receive this grace in vain. Grace is a gift that empowers and enlightens and commissions us and moves us out in the world. Not based upon our qualifications or whether we are productive and we can achieve or even whether we deserve it. I mean, that question's been answered, has it not? It just moves us into this audaciously hopeful reality that that, that, that we're neither optimistic nor pessimistic. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Do you always make full mistakes? You made some boo-boos? Take heart because resurrection comes for you this morning. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ we're talking about. The reality of Jesus raising from the dead. It's a grace to be received by unqualified, unfruitful, undeserving people. But make no mistake, it can be a 
hard work to receive a grace that's potent because it wants to commission you to speak. It wants to qualify you to act. It wants to push you into sharing this undeserving, potent grace in the world. Receive this gift this morning. Typically, in churches I've been in, and I just share this to say I'm with you, not to, not to bag on those churches, but I know that I'm not alone here. I want to name it. Typically, sermons like this end with the preacher reminding you of how undeserving you are, how unqualified you are, how you can't do anything apart from you. And if there's someone here who's never heard that before, hear it. Has anyone not heard that before? Then maybe we can hear this instead. The gospel only meets us in undeservedness. You don't have to fabricate that, you just have to acknowledge it. The gospel only meets you in your life of qualifications. I don't have to shame you for that, you just have to The gospel only meets us in our futility, tiredness, hunger, fear. I don't have to beat you up for that. You just have to acknowledge it. Can we just acknowledge it? One of the things we're committed to in our church is waking up to how uh, these things present themselves in our world. You notice that the grace of Jesus, the grace of God here, Isaiah, Peter, Paul, it doesn't come to them as an abstract concept. It's mediated through a coal that purifies. It's, it's given in a catch of fish, right? It, it knocks you off a horse and makes you blind, and you have to be taken care of by somebody you were hunting for. This is how God's grace gets active in our lives. And so we're committed at the table recovering a ruggedly material imagination for how spiritual our lives are. Think of a fish, coal, donkeys. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how one of the things we've done is we've separated the spiritual material. So we're having this class in Lent on Manna. We talk about how Manna organizes our life religiously. How the things we think are, are just natural world things actually are endowed with spiritual power. And how we go about sussing that out together, right? It's not enough sometimes the simple answers we give to these things. So we want, we want to actually see resurrection with our possessions, our relationships, and our finances. We want to live in a kingdom or jubilee economy and not give our life away to dehumanizing forces. This is why we commission each other to proclaim resurrection. Then in a DNA group, we try to practice declaring good news to each other. This is your birthright. Peter, Paul, Isaiah, they aren't a special class. This isn't just for people who've mastered divinity or wear collars or shave their heads. Both of you guys shave your head. It's not Nancy and I, you know, we matter too here. It's, it's not just for the elite. This is the call and commission of the Christian. Proclaim good news. 
Make it as practical as possible. Like this, I, I had a really hard weekend with uh, my kids. And uh, when my kids misbehave, I take it personally. And there's, there's no resurrection. I do scroll in my head, I go straight to pest, I go straight to pessimism, cynicism. Right? My kids are my kids are going to hell and ending up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna be on my resume. That's that's how I call it. You know, everything changes though when I begin to believe the gospel, not as some sort of like God save me from some sort of abstract theological ledger, but I don't, I'm not qualified to help you in this. I don't know what to do, and everything I've done is fruitless. But there's a new way for us to live here. Do you want to, is this, is this working for you? Do you want to find this with me? Can there be new creation right here? And I, when, you, when you do that, all heaven breaks it. All heaven brings this. Today, friends. Today, we want to tweak Leslie Newbigin's race. Because the, the temptation I have is to say, I'm not an optimist or pessimist, but Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And I just sort of, I do, I, I kind of bypass this relationship with my kids. And I kind of try to zone out. And I try to, I, I use the resurrection as an opiate. I spiritually bypass what's actually happening. But if I can quote another person, a woman named Stacey Abrams, some of you recognize that name. She says, I'm not an optimist or a pessimist. I'm determined. And that's a, that's a one-sentence summary of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. We proclaim this thing to you. It's a gift. And I am determined not to waste it. Can we determine to center our lives on the gospel of Jesus? The resurrection, the reality of new creation. That's the gospel. It's a grace to be received. But all of us unqualified, undeserving, unfruitful people. Anyone been working all night with nothing to show for? Aware of your deficiencies, complicities. Maybe your resume is filled with embarrassing behavior by your children. Resurrection comes to us this morning. Grace ready to enlighten and empower us with a faithful determination. Receive it. In the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.